Everyone's got a f take on SVB. Everybody. Of course, it's a big, big story. It's about the financial markets. It's about capitalism. It's about everything. It's about banks being able to, uh, you know, banks not having liquidity measures that would, uh, at the very least, like create a, uh, you know, at the very least would allow the banks to, to not need immediate uh, uh, government help. It's one of the most annoying groups of people too. fucking want to be tech bros and finance bros who failed in those fields, chirping on TikTok without analyzing laws and regulations. Yeah, anyone that doesn't talk about like, like regulations and how this level of this is yet another instance of deregulation needs to shut the f up yeah svb messed up basic risk management and we had to listen to all the vc bros go crazy i mean it's not just that though it's interest rates raising that is also playing a, a, a role in this because i think it's larger than that it, it's it's literally the attitude and culture that like american capitalists have had for the past couple of years maybe like the past decade maybe even the past couple of decades with quantitative easing but specifically overdrive after 2008 where people basically got too used to getting free money and that free money basically propped up entire industries like that shit literally created a, a cycle where everyone was like yeah of course i'm gonna get free money what the fuck you mean give me the free money what are you talking about give me the free money please and when the the free money line actually gets like diminished a little bit when interest rates go up all of a sudden everyone's like well i'm used to free money i don't really get what's going on here it doesn't seem so free anymore it's a part of risk management it's a subsection called interest rate risk management yeah money supply is contracting over year over year this typically happens during depression and causes bank runs people are missing the forest through the trees the banks are literally running out of money yeah here's a simple way to not do that okay stop fucking playing around with other people's money to us to the same degree but you're never going to do that which is precisely why we need more regulation and not less regulation we didn't need the trump era deregulation as a matter of fact that came on that you know made these mom and pop banks that basically deregulated mom and pop banks with a very real interest in like ultimately deregulating larger banks once again like there were 2008 holdouts in the aftermath of 2008 there were some rule changes to make sure that banks at least had a little bit of fucking cash on hand so that they ensure that there is uh they're not playing with the entirety of the bank okay i'm using like super reductive terms here but you get the picture and uh a lot of people myself included in 2018 shit on this it was the cropo bill if i'm not mistaken that actually allowed smaller banks to play with more cash that they have yeah i literally in 2018 was cutting articles about this shit bernie was there he was yelling about it too but guess what it don't matter i fucking despise I, I, look, I have so many conflicting feelings on this matter because on the one hand, I love big government and the FDIC is a valuable tool of the big government. It's actually truly important. It's not like banking as an institution is wrong. You're going to need banks as long as you have currency, as long as you're utilizing currency for, for uh, trading goods and, and buying purchasing commodities, you're going to need banks. And when you need banks, you're going to need a big government to control that said banks. Okay. So do not misunderstand me. I love the FDIC. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But I also want more regulation on said banks, not less. And the VC part is like the worst aberration of, of hyper capitalist dystopian future. VC culture, Silicon Valley culture, all that shit is, is on overdrive. It's absolutely awful. So I don't even have an issue with federal government stepping in to protect the depositors in this circumstance. I'm a fan of the FDIC. I'm a fan of the federal government. I'm a fan of uh, the government doing things. You know what I mean? It's understandable. It was going to happen. I briefly mentioned it over the weekend. I was like, the FDIC is going to step like the, the government's going to step in and protect the SVB depositors. Like, it's just, there's no shot that that doesn't happen, especially because like, let's say you're a Silicon Valley fucking tech company, right? It's bullshit, but you still need bullshit jobs. And that company is not just like operated and owned by one 
one individual, usually a lot of those companies have payroll. So all of a sudden, like, if they're operating out of that bank, if they have business accounts at that bank, you're you're cutting off like literally money to janitors. You're cutting off money to like actual fucking laborers all because the bank fucked up. You know what I mean? I know that we, I know that we like to, you know, take this stance where it's like, fuck VCs, like fuck Silicon Valley, fuck the tech bubble. I agree. The victims in that circumstance are people who have no bounce back, people who have no say in the matter and people who didn't do anything and will still absolutely, will still absolutely get fucked over. The poor get fucked over in this circumstance. What do I always say? In our current capitalist economic system, the gains are privatized, but the losses are socialized. When the stock market is doing poorly, you will feel that. When the stock market's doing well, though, you won't feel that because it's only lining up the pockets of the wealthy. That's how the system works, which is precisely why you do need the federal government to step in and do something about it. Um, wow, the federal government is again bailing out banks and rich people by effectively repealing the insured deposit threshold. It's not a bailout. Taxpayer money is not being used, which this part is true, which ironic because they did not have this energy for student loans. Student loans are not dissimilar to this process. Student loans getting uh, pardoned by the federal government is not increasing your taxes, and yet these fucking piece of shit monsters and i'm not talking about jeff stein i like jeff stein but these fucking monsters these fucking animals that are at these fucking multi-billion dollar news media corporations did not even stutter they lied to you every fucking day they did that on npr they did that on fucking Fox News, they did that on CNN, and they kept talking about how, wait a minute, who's gonna pay for these fucking student loans to be relieved? Fuck you! Fuck you and suck my fucking cock. Oh, it's not a bailout. We must talk about the semantics of this situation when it's the banks that are getting bailed out or not getting bailed out. When it's the depositors that are getting bailed out. It's fucking bullshit. And you saw these hyper-capitalist, libertarian, Ayn Randian, I played Bioshock and uh, misunderstood the message-ass Dumbos all over Silicon Valley go, please, federal government, please step in, sir. Please, sir, I want some fucking more. All of a sudden, a bunch of fucking welfare queens, huh? What happened? What happened? The deposit insurance fund is backstopped by the Treasury Department and therefore U.S. taxpayers. The DIF has over $100 billion in it and there is no way SVB and signature payouts will come close to draining it. No number of semantic games will disguise that this country is socialism for the rich and rugged free enterprise capitalism for the poor. It's true. Let's look at how we got here. First of all, what is... SVB. It is the epicenter of tech startups, venture capital, Silicon Valley Bank. It is the 16th largest bank, or it was, in the United States. By the end of 2022, it had $175 billion in total deposits. And here is the anatomy of the bank run, right? This is how much money it had at the end of the year. Just on Thursday, there were $42 billion in withdrawals from depositors, right? So something happened here where people wanted to take their money out. Yeah, something happened here is basically Peter Thiel and others openly stating that this bank no longer had leverage. Once a couple people pull out and they can't actually pay, then a lot of other people are going to run and try to get their money out. I don't know what Peter Thiel's own personal interest was. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he engineered this bank run. Like, it's it's very odd. Like, I don't know what he gets out of this. I don't know what he gains out of this, but like, he, he definitely... 
definitely did play a role in this. Put him in jail? Yeah, okay. If you think that someone like Peter Thiel is going to go to jail, you're delusional. He runs this entire system. He is a billionaire. That This is this system is entirely designed for billionaires. The only time a billionaire would ever go to fucking uh, jail, I guess, is if they like somehow fucked over other billionaires that are wealthier than he is in like a very significant way. Like, I can't even... It's like unimaginable, low key. Like it's unimaginable to think about like how a multi-billionaire would, would actually ever go to fucking jail without like losing all of their money. Like Sam Bankman fried, exactly. That's a great example. That's a great example. The only time a billionaire gets punishment is if he fucked over other billionaires. That, no, that's my point. So what happened? Why did they get there? Well, this is a company that for years took deposits in the good times when interest rates were very low and it grew and grew and grew. And those deposits grew and it put that money into long dated treasuries, into treasuries, safe, super safe uh, treasuries, right? But then as things started to go south, when interest rates were rising, those were less valuable and the company actually was selling those treasuries at a loss. When that word got out, people got nervous. The stock in the bank started to decline. Depositors started to withdraw their uh, their money, and the bank could not sustain it. Come to the rescue, the United States government. The FDIC is going to insure up to $250,000 in normal times, and now you're going to have this facility so that above that level, everyone will be made whole. Not the bondholders and not the stockholders of the bank, we should be point out, but the people who have their deposits in that bank. Because remember, like, people that fucking put their money in that bank, they're not going, oh, please, like, please invest the cash that I gave you into some other shit. Like, they're not saying that. They might be capitalists themselves, but, like, remember, we all need banks. We all need fucking banks. We need banks, no matter what happens, you know what I mean? In the wild, wild west, we still had banks, okay? The idea that, like, uh, you know, you could do without a bank is silly, and I say this as a motherfucker who doesn't even have a credit card, okay? Do you understand? And when you have a bank, yeah, you you need to you need to have that insured by the federal government. Why the sudden this meltdown in bank stocks? A couple of interesting theories and charts doing the round. So let's take a look. With one of the scary charts showing the large extent of unrealized losses in bonds sitting in books classified as held to maturity at U.S. banks at the end of 2022. What does this mean? Banks enjoy a very favorable accounting regime. Let's see how this works. Post-GFC commercial banks were asked to keep a liquidity coverage ratio above 100%. This means, this is important. This is where the good shit starts. This means they always must have enough high quality liquid assets to meet deposit outflows in a stress scenario. What that means is you can convert to cash liquidity. You need fucking straight stacks where you can immediately in a situation where people go, hey, I want my money back actually, please. I'm gonna take my money and I'm gonna take somewhere else. The bank can go, oh, don't worry. I have it right here. Here you go, sir. Here's your dinero. That's how that shit's supposed to work. But they dumped a shitload of their funds to long-term health and maturity bonds. But how were they able to do this? Because I thought in the immediate aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis where the taxpayers were forced to fucking bail out the banks and not necessarily the people who actually were sold predatory loans and, and uh, you know, got fucked over, killed themselves, that sort of thing. They We gave golden parachutes to the bankers, but then we said, hey, we're doing this, but you better not do this again. You, we're going to give you some, some rules. Well, it turns out Donald Trump allowed some of those rules to be rolled back in 2018. There was a lot of people who criticized 
criticized this. They said, hey, don't do this. But they were like, well, what about the mom and pop banks? They're not competitive enough. You know what I mean? They're not some of the top banks. Please let these mom and pop shops also play around with people's money. They need a competitive edge. Why did that happen? Well, it happened because big banks will always benefit from that deregulation that small banks are benefiting from. Uh, This is a very good take. Exactly. One of the largest banks in the United States just collapsed because of the same 2008 risky gambling shit. And without even blinking, well, it wasn't even risky gambling. The risky gambling element of it it was uh, how much of the money that they held onto that they put into long-term bonds, right? They didn't have enough liquid cash in in a situation. And they should have. They should have done that. The government should have had regulation surrounding this. Without even blinking, the very same people who were melting down over your $600 unemployment check are now demanding that we bail them out. And this wasn't just Republicans that voted for this, mind you. I believe it was like more than 15, maybe 17 Democrats that also voted for this deregulation. Remember that, because they are the same kind of vicious, cock-sucking demons that the Republicans are too, okay? They are blood-sucking psychopaths, all working at the behest of capital. You understand? They are not on your side. They are not on the side of the fucking working class. This means they always have must uh, must have enough high-quality liquid assets to meet deposit outflows in a stress scenario. This effectively means that banks around the world are forced to keep around 10 to 15% of the assets side of their balance sheet invested in high-quality liquid assets. And guess what qualifies for a high-quality uh, liquid asset? Reserves at the Fed, and you guessed it, bonds. Effectively, banks were asked to own large amount of liquid assets and were told bonds were the only game in town due to regulation. Oh my God, this is... They're saying this is like uh, this the regulation caused this problem. Who sent this link to me? Yeah, they over-regulated the banks. It, the, the banks should have actually... <sighs> Okay. Effectively, banks were asked to own a large amount of liquid assets and were told bonds were the only game in town to deregulation. What bonds? Mostly government bonds. But be aware, also corporate bonds and mortgage-backed securities can qualify. When regulators force you to own a ton of bonds, they also force you to swallow a lot of PL volatility, and banks don't like that. That's why regulators allow bank treasuries to park bonds in two accounting-friendly books, available for sale and held to maturity. In both cases, if treasury, treasuries or corporate MBS bonds lose value, like... At no point in this circumstance, and maybe I'm misunderstanding this because I don't understand the financial world, but like at no point in the circumstance are we even fucking like uh, looking at the situation and going, how about not using the money? How about not putting all of the money back in? Like I, I thought, you know, at a certain point, banks are supposed to hold on to like, you know, big pockets of cash in their saves. Like, I don't know. That's a thing. But hey, that's money wasted, right? Like, well, when you put your money into one bank and you are in a checkings account, not even in a savings account, you're wasting your money. The bank is not wasting your money. The bank is using your money to make more money for itself. But I do feel like maybe, I'm just saying, maybe like the bank shouldn't use some of the money. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But permanent growth dictates that the bank actually use all the money. You have to, or as much as you can do, as much as the regulatory agencies allow you to get away with. That's not how it works because depositors want interest paid in the money they park in a bank. So regulators have to require the banks to hold liquidity. Otherwise, the banks will use all the money. Yeah, I think they should not use all the money. They should have even more of the money parked inside of the bank to give back whenever people need it. Because ultimately, it is your money. In both cases, if treasuries and corporate MBS bonds lose value, the bank's PL does not record the loss immediately. 
immediately. The unrealized gains and loss of securities held in AFS hits the capital position of the bank, not its PL. But the true banger, debt and equity, equity securities not classified as either held to maturity securities or trading securities are classified as available for sale securities, reported at fair value with unrealized gains and losses excluded from earnings and reported in a separate component of the shareholders' equity. The true banger is that bonds booked and held to maturity books are reported at amortized costs, or in other words, the unrealized losses basically do not show up in the bank's financial statements. This creates an incentive scheme to park as many bonds in these accounting category as you earn coupons over time and don't face PL volatility. The flip side is when you need liquidity, banks can only sell a small portion of the uh, HTM bonds before being tainted as, as non-compliant from regulators. The large extent of HTM hidden losses is worrying some. To me, there is a more important story going on. Liquidity and funding are becoming tougher for small banks. QT is reducing the balance sheet of the Fed. On the asset side, QT shrinks the amount of bonds the Fed owns. On the liability side, it could be RRP or TGA or reserves. I don't fucking... Okay, now it's like, now it's confusing me. Banks kind of sound like legalized loan sharks that people trust to hold their money. Is that about right? Yeah, I mean, it is. A, a, lot of, a lot of what you consider to be legal and good and illegal and bad is just about what the government or regulatory agencies have decided is legal and good, okay? They like to pretend so hard this shit is not fraudulent and scientific when it's just not. Yeah, I mean, that is another, that is another component of this. A lot of the, um, this is like a self-sustaining industry. It's complicated because it just it creates more mediators it creates more middle people uh it creates more middle managers it creates a process where you can like continue cycling the money and every time you cycle upwards there are more people like that can uh you know create additional profits generate additional profits for themselves ultimately i don't think that commercial retail banks should hold on to your money and then use that money and invest that money but unfortunately we do not live in that world shouts out to bill clinton shouts out to everyone else really but uh, certainly Bill Clinton as well that, uh, you know, allowed that to happen. It didn't used to. There was a point where your retail bank was not allowed to fucking invest your money. But that point does not exist anymore. We uh, we completely have normalized that. We uh, feel like that's a, it's a thing that can happen. And it happens every day. Free markets over free stuff. You should be absolutely terrified right now. That's the proper reaction to a bank running contagion. Oh, God. Oh, POTUS! Adding the POTUS. Crying. He's doing an emergency pod, dude! Jason Calacanis and all of the other shitbirds, dude, that fucking chirp all the goddamn time. Non-stop about how uh, they fucking despise the nanny state and how venture capital is saving us, about Silicon Valley is the future. Oh, suck me dry, dude. Suck my cock, you fucking bitch. And of course, a month from now, they're going to go back to the same old bullshit, okay? Begging big government, big daddy government to come with its large, ooh, ooh, juicy fat cock and just, uh, you know, give him the cummies uh, in the form of a bailout. Ooh, please, big daddy government, please save me. Save me. Please pump your load into my bank, please. Yeah, put out the fire in my loins, big daddy gov. To be clear, I'm in favor of folks making their own decision and paid unpaid internships, freedom of choice. We pay our interns. Regarding student debt forgiveness, I think folks shouldn't get a bailout. Banks, airlines, or students as bailouts remove accountability for actions. Yeah. Is it surprising? Is it surprising that those very same people that were fucking literally losing their shit about the student loan bailouts, or not even bailouts, the debt forgiveness, are now fucking begging the government, dude.